morning guys welcome to the m and m update with your massive m tiny titan and your shredded to the walnut glutes bit well big m he's still a big m so i can be my massive m you can be the big m today aj morris good morning mm, good morning hey guys um welcome back um i'm still shredded yes and uh, not for much longer though no, can't not wait. for much longer. We're nearly there, aren't we? Can't wait to make some gains again. I, I saw one of my my squat videos came up, and I think quite a few people. I I tagged one of my clients in it to show what I used to be doing, and uh, I and because I tagged someone in it, a load of people sort of saw it in the plethora of social media, and they were like, "Wow, that's <laughs> incredible!" And I was like, "Yeah, I was forty pounds heavier." Yeah. <laughs> Can you not fucking tell that that's not me right now? Exactly. Um, but yeah. That was the person who ate you right now. Yeah, it was. That was yeah. um uh, that was 182 and a half kilos for like a set of 10. Um, nice. Which is pretty cool. Um but yeah, I miss doing that kind of stuff for sure at the moment. Uh, it's been a long time since I've crushed some heavy squats. Yeah, that's it. You're still lifting heavy though. You still doing? Are you still doing deads? Or have you done yeah, the deads? Yeah, I've got deads today. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so that's really good. Yeah, last deadlift session, last last leg session before Worlds today. Holy shit! It's gonna be a good one then. Yeah, I'm gonna bury myself. So let's have a chat about your training then, in regards to um, having a look at that squat video. So you were forty pounds heavier in that squat video that you did 180, 182.5, Did you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For ten. So mm. in relation to what you were lifting then, compared to what you're lifting now, what are your strength gains been like? Let's compare the deadlift because I know that you're obviously not squatting at the minute. Yeah. So the deadlift, I was probably like doing a lot more lower rep range work when I was in a gaining phase. Oh. So my four to six work, I think at peak was like 180 kilos for like a five or six repper. Um, and then as I came down, I switched more so to higher rep work with the rationale being that I could accrue more volume across a deadlift session with higher rep ranges rather than spending my an hour in the gym deadlifting just to get sort of five sets of four or four sets of five done you know something very something very low low volume but high intensity would would absolutely drain me neurologically as well and ruin other sessions sure. that's what i was finding as i was getting leaner so i i moved over to more sort of higher rep work um my higher rep work initially was Probably, I think the best I've ever done is something like 160 for 9 or 10. And, you know, recently I did, like a couple of weeks back, I did 140, obviously being about 40 pounds lighter, did 140 for 11. Nice. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not that bad at all, to be honest. Um, I think, if anything, my execution of the deadlift has improved a little bit as well with regards to just putting more weight in the in the eccentric. Uh, I think a lot of people with a deadlift, they they just think, okay, well, you know, as long as I get it from A to B, then I am deadlifting, and yes, you are, but there's a large part of your musculature that you're going to be using in, in, that, in that eccentric part, portion of the lift, um, especially when it comes to 
if you if you, if you do want to use it as somewhat of a hamstring exercise, I find that on the eccentric, the loading that you can place under your hamstrings, if you do control it, it's far greater than if you were to just, just like drop it at a very very fast sort of tempo and speed, and then and then continue to sort of yank it off the floor again. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think from an execution point, I've improved, um, and from a strength point, I've probably lost about fifteen to twenty kilos in the same rep range. So it's not awful, but um, I think for me, the deadlift doesn't. It, it feels good still, but it certainly it certainly doesn't feel anywhere near as good as it does when 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 I got a bit more fluff around. The areas that matter, like the hips and the knee joints. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the the squat. The squat for me, I actually tried. Actually tried some squats a couple of weeks back, and they felt like, um, like utter shit. Yeah. <laughs> utter shit. I can't squat. I can't squat for a, like um. I feel I was paid to squat right now. My yeah. leverages suck. It is as soon as I got think... under a specific body weight, my leverage mm. is just absolutely sucked dick. They're you see, this is, this is an interesting point because I was having a look at this. You know, when we talk about exercise rotation and we're obviously mixing things up to stop you from stalling and that kind of thing. Mm. Do you think it's because you've been away from the barbell squat for such a long time and gone on to the hack squat that your leverage has changed because obviously you're working in a different plane, aren't you, as well? So I, do you think that that could have some effect on it? Yeah, I, I don't think, obviously, I don't think it's going to affect the leverages. I think that's primarily affected by fat loss and the, mm. the, 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 the fact that I've literally got less of me. Mm. But with regards to the skill acquisition, absolutely. Mm. Uh, you've got to remember that with anything in the gym, it's a skill. It, it, it's a, to, to do a rack pull, to do a deadlift, to do a squat, it requires some element of skill. And uh, the, the more that you don't do that, the, the, the potentially the worse you get. It's the same like doing a header in football. If you play six games and you get no headers, you, you, you in that seventh game... You break like the guy crosses it over into the box, and you are suddenly to do a header, and you haven't done one in six games. You you you're going to be worse at that header than if you'd done six headers in the last six games. Mm. You know, it's this, it's a skill acquisition that you've got to you've got to be repeated in your action, um, which I think breeds the idea that especially for a, for a newer trainee. The idea of rotating exercises with like really high frequency in terms of the rate of rotation is just simply not a good idea. Mm. Like I'll have clients come to me and they'll be like, you know, well, you know, do I need a push A, a push B, a push C, and a push D work? No, you fucking don't. You need a push. You need workout. a block. Yeah. yeah, you just need a push workout, and you need to get better at it. Um, the, the, the initial thing that I'll do with clients when it comes to any form of rotation will initially and always initially be rep range based. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially applying daily undulating periodization to a block, which is something that I will do. Luck well, at the moment, I take on clients that are definitely at least at the intermediate stages to advanced. 
now you know compare compare that to a general population client um in my past when i was coaching general population clients fuck dup they'd be doing the same shit pretty much every single session they'd just be aiming to beat what they did last time that would that that would reap rewards for for a long long time a hella long time definitely they're yeah. training like three or four times a week they mm. come in they do very similar workouts and actually a few of them would say they'd be sometimes be like aj you know um do we need to change this up do we need to sort of like shock the body with anything else i'm like do you enjoy this and they're like yeah i like this but i'm just wondering whether we need to do stuff that's harder or or whether we need to do more supersets or or do higher ups or something like that they'd be inquisitive as to whether we're going to change it and i'm like no like you you love this the thing that you're doing which you don't actually realize sometimes because i'm the one logging your sessions because uh, that's the way that it worked with my general population clients. You don't realise like sometimes how much you're progressing because like you you don't you don't see yourself back at week one, um, mm. and you know that's the reality. I think you know even even pretty intermediate trainees can get away with very very simplistic approaches and just stick into the basics. So yeah, I think one of the downfalls of people now, definitely younger trainees, is that they do get a little bit too inclined to change things too frequently. Yeah. Um, and to try to, to, to put together this optimal rotation of exercises. When in reality, I think the, the primary control of exercise rotation should be auto-regulated. Yeah. So you should only exercise rotate when you feel like you need to. So you should like look at, either a plethora of movements to cover uh you know the whole musculature if you're a bit advanced when you're trying to build up different muscle groups so like one day you do an incline focus one day you do a flat for example for chest um or if you felt like one shoulder press was really struggling to progress you do two in a week in your yeah. two push workouts which is what i do you know i do one that's more sort of behind the neck which i did yesterday and then on my Monday push session, I do one that's sort of really quite sort of static and upright. Um, yeah. And they're both machine-based now because I need that support. Like, mm. OHP feels really shit. Can really imagine. shit. Um, but what was I doing throughout my whole off-season? OHP, twice mm -hmm. a week, two different rep ranges. I got yeah. fucking strong at it and my delts improved. You definitely know, um if i look back and say you know was that maybe the most optimal thing to be doing yeah i think at the time it probably was was my execution the best that it could have been on that ohp probably not you know mm. um but I, I it's funny i was i was literally like looking back at some of my just my instagram videos the other day is like my form my execution on a lot of my old compounds and a lot of them i would i would look at now and say that that's not good enough um, yeah and that's the importance of filming yourself you know exactly and you know a lot of people are saying the same thing like i film myself quite a lot in the gym um and i put one or two on socials just because of the fact that obviously you know you want to explain some things yeah. but yesterday i didn't do any filming but i did take pictures of what i did to improve my uh, pec deck fly my pec fly yeah and that. 
Yeah, and it was just a really interesting thing because it's like my scapular retraction is getting a bit stiffer because of the simple fact that I'm getting tighter in my pecs because I'm obviously working my pecs a lot more and they're getting a lot tighter. So my scapular retraction, I'm really trying having to, to concentrate on it. So just putting a foam roller in between your shoulder blades on the pec deck actually improves your posture so much more, snaps your retraction back. And you know what? I could actually lift heavier or fly heavier, sorry, should I say, whilst I was in a perfect position. Mm. And that's the reason why I posted that picture rather than any kind of training video yesterday. Um, but execution is paramount to hitting those. Like like you said previously, you're not a power lifter, so picking up a deadlift and just dropping it is not going to be optimal for you because of the fact that you're not just wanting to move a weight from A to B. You want to move that weight from A to B whilst um, contracting and using every muscle and putting the muscle under tension, under time, tension under load and everything else because you're a bodybuilder and working for aesthetics, not just for strength. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think they have those benches at M, uh, not M10, sorry, at um, MI40. They, yeah. They actually have curvature Watson benches, which are, like, which are very much like the putting a foam roller in between your shoulder blades. Um, yeah, I mean... Chest, chest is something that I've really struggled to grow in the past, and I do think that uh, JP actually Jordan Peter said it in one of his most recent videos because he's he's funnily enough taken a really big sort of reset on a lot of the things that he's doing now. Yeah, and massive so, different yeah, approach. He's he's had he's had a lot of chats with Joe Bennett, which I, I've talked about before on the podcast about how good his sight is. And, you know, Jordan's taken a lot of things back to purely execution-based and making sure that he's actually targeting the muscle group that he wants to be working in, in a lot yeah. of his uh, heavier exercises, which in the past he, he sort of admitted that he didn't really know what was working when he was doing all of these, these PBs that, that looked like great execution, to be honest. His execution never looked bad, in my opinion. No. Um, but he's just like, can it be better? And of course it can. Yeah. And, you know, he was saying in one of his videos, he was like, you know, I think that people that have weaker body parts have just never learned to fully activate that muscle group for the exercises that, they, that, that they've selected. And that's very fair to say for me, because I was always someone that would be like, you know, with a bench press or an inclined dumbbell press, I'd be like, you know, this is the full range of motion. This is it. This is yeah. your full range of motion. You bring all the dumbbells all the way down to the chest. You hit the chest. You fire it up. Uh, it's the same with the bench press. You have to touch your chest. I'd always, always be like that. And if anything, I was actually taking force production and load away from my chest mm. on a lot of occasions. Because now I've found with an inclined dumbbell press, when I retract my scapula, like you say, obviously you're talking about pec depth, but we're talking about inclined dumbbell press here. I retract my scapula and almost pretend like I'm trying to... This is a good cue. I, you could probably take it on board even if you're on audio. But I try to imagine like I'm rowing the weight down to yeah. my chest. So I'm almost performing like a bent over row in my head. Obviously with the force, the force being produced vertically so it's pushing down as opposed to you pulling yeah but it's it's almost like a rowing motion so i'm pulling it in 
and that that creates such crazy force production and load throughout your pecs mm. and then when you bring it down you've got to you've got to really realize where your range lies because if you go beyond that range the only thing that you're going to be doing is you're going to be taking tension off your chest you're yeah. going to be putting force production onto your delts onto your triceps and those things will take over, especially if you've taxed them throughout other portions of the workout. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's something that I've learned. And if anything, I think, you know, towards the end of this prep, because I've had to reduce some loading on exercises, it's made me rethink how I'm performing things and whether it's optimal. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big thing, execution now. Like, but not not to the detriment of the loading like the the heavy loads still need to be there at some sure. point you just need to you just need to if you think you know you listen to this podcast and you're thinking oh fuck i need to reset loads of shit like yeah reset it but remember how important that progressive overload is still you know it's, it's still there it's still very much a, a fundamental thing that we need to chase if the goal is hypertrophy absolutely uh, yeah and you know a lot of people just get fucking lost in either one or the other they yeah. chase chase overload and just perform goes out the window mm. or they chase execution and they stay pumping and squeezing shit loads for the rest of their life and they wonder why they have no density to their physique i just think you know whilst my might sound bro but the guys who have dense physiques that are, are strong that yeah that's absolutely it, you know? You, you're not you don't find dense muscles on people that lift the same pink loads. dumbbells <laughs> yeah, pink dumbbells. um the same loads all their life and never challenge themselves this is it and i do the same with my clients as well i get my clients to send me videos of some of their lifts even if it's something like a flat close close grip yeah. bench press um for their triceps and things and if they're hitting that rep range and just kind of getting up and stopping the video and that kind of thing it's just like okay your form's good or you know whatever feedback i'm going to give them but you can lift way heavier than that yeah, yeah. you know if if you can still just kind of rack things up and just get up and sing a song and have a giggle and that kind of thing mate when i'm doing my squats i literally have to rack the bar up and sit down and concentrate on breathing yeah. after i finish squatting and if anybody comes up and tries to talk to me at that point i literally have to say just give me a minute you know, it takes a long time to get to, to, to get yourself back off the floor if you're training correctly. Mm. Um, and a, a lot of people just don't train hard. And, and that's the difference yourself to those limits um, that you don't actually know like that. I put on a picture of my face yesterday on one of the training videos that um, I did up in Colville. And my face is always, I don't know what happens, but I just kind of take this huge in intake of breath and blow my cheeks out and I look ridiculous. But do you know, I'm freaking heavy weight. So I'm Zach in Colville. I think I pushed like, I think there was 240. No, it was 25 players. So 250 I was pushing on a leg press for 10. Um, and I was 104 pounds at the time, which is like, what's that, 47 kilos? So crazy it was slightly life. ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, I am crazy light. I'm still crazy light, actually. We've, we've gone off on a tangent again, not actually done an Eminem update. So let's move on from that. What's your week been like um, this week? 
Um, yeah, it's been... It's, Picking it's, out the pleaser, which is great. Um, yeah, it's, it's to be fair, like, the last the last seven to eight weeks have been exactly the fucking same. Like, yeah. they've not changed at all in terms of the way that I've been approaching things. Um, I've been reversing my calories for, for a long, long time. Um, the last sort of few weeks have been anywhere between 417, 500 grams of carbs, uh, 45 grams of fat. Um, and anywhere between 180 and sometimes as high as 200 grams of protein. Um, Because I did a few days where I did actually try from one of my friends, Alex Kickle. I don't know if you know him. He runs Beast Fitness Radio. It's a good podcast. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he he just sort of recommended from a thermic effect of food and your ability to take on board more nutrients, especially if you're feeling still hunger symptoms. Um increasing your protein could be a, a great a great idea at this stage um to potentially gain potentially gain back some lean tissue as well from his eyes um but uh and yeah, you've got I, quite good protein turnover as well at the minute yeah you'll have incredible protein turnover. so it'll be it'll be something that i'll definitely be doing upon completely finishing the prep um in terms of increasing my protein mm-hmm. and i'll actually be working it up to pretty high levels in my season because uh, I do, I do think that I uh, I've seen some coaches basically anecdotally say that you know that higher protein in gaining phases, not only from a, um, a perspective of getting in enough high quality um, range of amino acids across the day, um, but also just to just like people make more gains sometimes, like. People like people have seen it. Like Cliff Wilson, adv- massively advocates it, um, and he's coached some of the best naturals in the world. Um, and mm. you know, I'm I'm willing to take that sort of, you know, go on the upper end of things just to potentially make some more progress. As long mm. as my digestion just to... is fine, then I'm then I'm good with that. Exactly. And just to jump in on the whole Cliff Wilson thing, he does actually do the exact same thing with males as he does with females. Mm -hmm. So even with the female athletes that he has, he has a higher um, or he goes on to the higher end of the protein intake as well. Yeah, I know. have you been following Alison Moyna? She's um, a week out from the IP yeah. world. Yeah, oh, my insane. God. She yeah. is phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, you see uh, she's a figure a figure pro. Yeah. Um, if anybody hasn't seen her or follows her, then obviously just go and do it because she's she's actually quite inspiring, uh, or she is to me. But it's it's what I want to say, the difference of it is, is that if you see her, her picture, her selfies and things, she looks very skinny, very, very ripped, but she doesn't look like that on stage. When you see her on stage, compared to the pictures that she puts up in her basement gym, it's it's almost two worlds apart. And, and it's just like, how the hell does that work? And it just proves that bodybuilding is so uh, me and AJ were talking at the beginning of this podcast saying that um, his mum still thinks that he looks ill. But on stage, he doesn't look like that. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. not meant to look like that. Yeah. So using that one tool in the toolbox, which is more than likely the hammer, getting rid of all your calories. And I mean, look what AJ's doing. He's not reducing his calories every single week to get leaner and leaner and leaner. He's actually putting them up. You know, he's not just using one tool in the stage. toolbox. At this stage, yeah, I think I think the important thing to note is that my lowest calories were just before 
Ah, oh, fuck, when were they? They were just before the the Midlands, like two yeah, weeks. No, 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 sorry. They were, um, they were just before the BNBF finals. The BNBF okay. finals was like, the week before the BNBF finals was the week I started reversing. Um, that 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 was how long I've been reversing for. So that was the a long time ago. Yeah, at least a couple of uh, months. First weekend in October. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So about yeah. a month and a half. Month and a half. Yeah. Month and a half have been reversing. Um, and actually, it's so funny now. Like every single high level bodybuilder that has done decently well like i keep hearing talking about it in terms of being ready early and working up their food from naturals to enhanced bodybuilders as well yeah like the funny thing is i was like last night i was listening to um doug miller asked the boss and he was like you know people asking him about peaking and he was like i I get ready five to six weeks out and my low, that's where my lowest calories are. And then I work my calories up. And he was also talking about post-show post binging and post-show like reverse dieting and how long it takes him to get his calories up because these were some listeners' questions that he had. And then he went right back to that, that point and he was like, well, because I've been reversing my calories for four to six weeks, I actually feel pretty okay and I don't feel the need to binge. I feel full... I feel like my training's going better again and I don't feel like I need to overeat. Um, and then he gets back into his off season with like really, really in a really good space. And that's exactly how I feel right now. I feel awesome. like I've, I, I, I must admit I've had a few bad days recently. The only issue I'm having at the moment is just the energy levels. That is it. That is mm. literally it. My sleep's perfect. My training is wicked. If anything, I feel like I'm training in a fucking off season. But I've awesome. just got I've just got striated glutes. That's that's why that's why I train in a hoodie and um, joggers because I actually want to forget that I'm peeled. Because yeah. if I remind myself by like training in a t shirt or a vest that I'm peeled, I'll automatically think that I need to be weak. And if I train in a hoodie and I cover myself up and I just I just literally pretend that I'm off season. I'm strong as hell because I've got plenty of substrate in me. I should mm. be training well. Um, so, yeah, the, the only issue at the moment, the only thing that makes it feel like prep really is the lack of energy, um, the no sex drive, which will come back when uh, I increase dietary fat a little bit. So I do think that I do think that actually, the more I look into it, I just think that it's not so much down to dietary fat intake. It's more so down to simply low body fat. I I, yeah. I, th I think that just getting more body fat back, regardless of where dietary fat is, should bring that back to, to a good level. Um, so that's, that's that. It's, you know, it, with anything, it is what you make it. You know, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people at this stage are like, oh, AJ, you're on your, like, 42nd week of prep. Like, I hope you're okay. And also, like, clients as well, they almost preface sometimes. They preface questions with, like, I know you're one week out. 
but thank you for doing the feedback. And I'm like, shut up. Like, shut up. I know, yeah. It's almost This is my my job. I'm going to get on with it. We we talked about this before, I think, didn't we? Um, So, yeah, it's almost sometimes a little bit frustrating, that, because I'm like, I don't want to be reminded that I'm one week out or whatever. Um, uh, I think one other thing that I must note as well at this stage that I'm kind of looking forward to getting into an off-season for is the fact... Vicky, you still there? I can't really see you. Pause a little bit. Oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. I don't know whether it's your connection or mine, but you keep fading your end. Um, oh. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, one thing that I would like to mention that I think is really important is the psychological side of being this deep into a prep. Like, I feel sometimes very, very drained psychologically by just thinking about how I'm looking, how far I am away from the show, especially with this one being having to organise flights. And Vicky, like, you'll laugh. Mm. Listeners will laugh at this. I, I booked two incorrect flights. Like, I, I had to Serious? Book, yeah, yeah. For the wrong dates. Yeah. And I lost... I've, Shit! I've, yeah. <laughs> I've lost, like, £200 because of my fucking stupid prep brain. And, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really annoying. Really annoying. I, I sat down one evening. Basically, the reason I found out... I'd have gone to America without even... Luckily, it was my connecting flights from to get to Boston, to New York, to meet my sister. So that wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. But anyway, I I sat down one evening and I got a confirmation email. I was like, that just doesn't seem right. It was like, your trip to New York is like seven days away. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I I don't even fly to Boston (laughs) in seven days. And so I looked at it and I was like, fuck. I was like, fuck. I'm not the exact right flight, but just a week earlier than I was meant to. And I was like, how did I even do that? Because I, I, I clicked confirm. I've paid all the money and I have completely the wrong date. And it's just things like that. Like my brain function is not where it should be on a lot of things. Um, so it just takes me a while to like focus. I have to really like double think about things. Um, but other than that, other than that, I can't complain. It's just, uh, I, I've wanted to get on stage for the last sort of, two and a half, three weeks, to be honest. Um, because yeah. I've just been at that point where I've been sort of just ready and just making the final tweaks. But it's interesting what the physique does when you stay in like a very, 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 very moderate calorie deficit. Very moderate. It just, it just gets that, this like... I almost look like um, my the side of my left leg almost looks a bit like John Meadows' leg now. Yeah, they like, do look crazy. Like very grainy look. Yeah. I don't know what that is though. I can't. I don't know what sort of what's the science behind the fact. What like is it just staying lean for this long that makes that 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 makes things look like I don't know what like what could that be. I think it's because obviously fat cells don't just disappear. Fat cells get smaller and bigger as they fill up. So okay. I think I think it's basically your fat cells get so small and so flat 
that there is literally nothing covering the muscle yeah, in its entirety. Yeah. And the muscle itself, even though it has those the fibers that cross over itself, it does have a bumpy, grainy look to it. Yes. So if you've got nothing covering that muscle and nothing covering the sheaths that cover the muscle, that's what gives you that kind of grainy look. Mm. And that density and the you actually look hard as well. You know how you look you can look lean, but then you can look lean and hard? Yeah. That's what I think goes with it because I was uh, the only reason why I kind of know that is because when I had my MRI scan for my my bust glue, mm. this is what they were saying on it, and they said you know you can literally feel every fiber and every sheath that goes over the muscle because I was stupid lean on my lower half for some ridiculous reason um, condition. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so that's what I think it is. You can get that really hard and grainy look the more and more flatter and thinner your fat cells go because you can't um, yeah. you don't increase fat cells everyone's born with a certain amount of fat cells yeah so you you can't get multiple fat cells, although there has been some kind of research around it saying that you can actually grow more, but I'm still a little bit superstitious that is that um, with obese people when they sort of when they sort of get like massively far gone yeah it's like multiply. the fat overshooting yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and they only multiply in certain positions as well certain okay. points in the body um but you can't physically get rid of fat cells the only way that you can get rid of fat cells is by liposuction yeah so if you imagine your fat cells as a sponge if you put too much in they literally just blow up and then decrease and that's all it is with weight loss or fat loss should i say and the only reason why you get thinner and thinner or leaner and leaner when you look into the cases of um complete over dieting or anorexics or various other eating disorders is that it starts to take away your muscle tissue and that's the reason why you then left with um bone and skin and you don't have that grainy look but you just have that sag because the grain comes from the muscle not from anything else if i'm rambling on a little bit too much there no that makes makes a lot it's interesting makes a lot of sense yeah so i'll do some more research on it and then have a look now i know we're obviously coming up on time and everything like that so um is there anything let's cover you a little bit because i'm sure people are interested in where you're at a little bit so Let's just cover you a little bit briefly. So how's how's your training been this week? Training has been absolutely immense for some... Have you still done twice a day? Um, I did twice a day, twice. <laughs> hmm. And I'm going to... Yeah, and I'm going to do um, another two a day today. How so did you feel? I'm... What's your review? And how did you... What were those twice a days? Do you know, it was absolutely wicked. I really loved it, actually. Because... Yeah, fun, um, yeah I liked it. I think it was because of the simple fact that... It was something different. Yeah, my yeah. training was still the same, but so my my volume was the same. Yeah, but I just split it up into two sessions, and I felt so much better hammering squats, so much better hammering OHP, and within a week, it's like I did all my heavy stuff in the morning, um, and then I did all of my hypertrophy kind of. Um, uh, isolation work and and myo reps and things like that in the afternoon which worked sure. really really well sure. um but within a week i put two and a half kilos on my o- overhead press and completed all sets and all reps and it was just like what the hell is that and you you just feel so much more energetic because i i walked back in after like 45 minutes of training in my in my power lifts in the morning and i just said to scott i was like you know what i don't feel fucked I actually feel good. And that's a good thing for you. I think that's a really yeah. good thing for you because you 
you're like me you bury yourself in training sessions yeah like, really i come home from a session now and that's when i have my like my five ten minutes of chill time where i actually get to sit on a sofa yeah. and the, the other night like after one of my pool sessions i was so buried that like my mum was like are you all right because i was just just so just i was like you like in your story last night i was just so fucked up um both physically and like neurologically that i was just, i could barely like get out a sentence and just yeah. think properly um so i think you know if, if you're not if you're not that buried it allows you to function a little bit better throughout the day and probably enjoy your days a little bit more while still gaining the same intensity in your sessions and then on the on on the days where you do just want to fucking bury yourself and leave you you leave yourself in a hole you can do single days um but i do i i think it's something that i'm going to definitely be doing when i've got sort of more 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 room to play with with regards to energy um yeah and time and time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very restrictive on time i think I think what I'll be doing is instead of doing my sort of AM expenditure through steps, I'll probably be AM training and then I'll be back at the time that I would have finished my normal steps and back at home basically work and then go for the sort of the afternoon session because I can't manage to fit in like steps to training. So I, I don't know how Steve did it in his entire prep. Like, I don't know how he managed to fit it all in. Um, no. I know that he accumulated his steps in a bit of a different way and his steps were lower. But still, I don't know how he managed to do two training sessions, you know, keep up with all his clients, etc. I just don't... I, can, I couldn't have personally done that. Um, no. I can, I can only be in the gym once. And, you know, that's sometimes a push. Like, I'm sometimes having to answer a few WhatsApps when I'm training and that's not ideal. No, no, I, I've stopped doing that. I've just turned off all of my notifications when I'm in the gym now because I just I really want to focus. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the two a days are going quite well. I am still just going to keep it at two sessions a week though, doing two a days because I do them on my heavier lifts. Um. Is that and it works. Legs for, and show legs and push then. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um. On my back days because I've got two back days anyway. I've got one back width and one back thickness. Um, they're quite taxing on their own and I don't do a lot of Maya reps or, or, you know, isolation work on them to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I don't do a lot of them. So, and my back sessions are realistically only about 50 minutes to an hour on both of them because they are so intense on the, um, on the actual thing. So I was like, like my width days, it's all kind of lat pull downs unilateral lats you know um things like that and it's and it's hardcore it really is just different hand placements and widths and various other bits and by the time I finish them you know I mean I do like 16 sets no I don't I do yeah I do yeah 16 sets on uh width um and I'll do some warm-ups so I'll do like three sets of eight on pull-ups or something like that you know and I just do body weight pull-ups at the minute because there's I'm just doing them for a warm-up but at the end of that session, I'm buried anyway. Yeah. And there's no way that I can split that up. So on those back days, I just obviously, I, I do those all in one go. But but legs and push sessions, yeah, I've found that it's really actually improved my lifts. Nice. Very, very much so. Nice. So I, I put on um, five kilos on my OHP, five kilos on my incline bench um, with ease as well, you know, which was, which was quite surprising. Because, you know, when you do that OHP and it's like, oh. Yeah, usually OHP is the 
as a bitch to progress. Yeah, that's it. It takes like years. I remember being stuck at the same weight for ages and I've said that to so many clients. I'm like, you know, just you need to be patient with the OHP because it just takes fucking time to actually yeah. get moving. Um, exactly. But yeah, cool. Uh, ca- like calories wise, are they the same body weight wise? Uh, any body, sort of changes? Body weight wise, I've put on a pound. That's Whoop. good. Uh, put on days. a pound. Happy days. I know, yeah, whoop, whoop for the tiny titan. I'm finally getting some mass, but yeah, a yes. pound. Um, so, but you know, it's slow progress. And bottom line is, I don't want to be these kind of people who I've seen it loads on social media recently, just this last week, saying, you know. Some people have put on like three or four stone. Jesus Christ, I have no idea what's happened. I mean, some of the guys are assisted, some of them aren't. Um, but it's just like, you know, oh, I've put on um, eight kilos in the last three weeks. And it's like, what? I, I really don't understand how you feel good about that. But then they put their pictures up and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm dead watery. And there's that. It's like, it's, mate, it's not all water. Oh, eight, no, kilos, no eight kilos in four weeks, that is not all water. But they're like, yeah, it's all water. It will come off. And But this is where we get into it, where you, I don't want to be that person who puts on two stone and then thinks, fuck, I need to do a mini cut now. No, do you know what I mean? Is, the thing is, you've got potential plans to compete, haven't you? So, you know, if... If, if that's on the horizon, you need to be very, 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 very vigilant at this stage. Exactly. You can't, exactly. Afford, you can't afford to fuck it up. Like, no, this is it. No. And everyone's just kind of saying, you know, oh, I have, live a little and do this and do that. My food is the same every day, but it's not the same every day, you know, which. <laughs> what is living a little like this? Is I know. Where, this is where it fucks me off a little bit, because if I'm honest, like we love this. And we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. And if we had to live a little and we had to do something that we like to if to satisfy someone else's outlook or someone else's view on us, we don't have to go out and eat shit. No, exactly. Or just completely come off our diet or stop doing steps. The take home message that I really think is important post show is really focus on yourself. Mm. Do what makes you happy um, if if that's getting hella fat, I mean, go for it. You know that you know that's not optimal, but go for it. If that mm. really makes you happy and you want to spend Christmas in your fluffy Christmas jumper, forty kilos above stage weight with your family, have fun, and you're happy like that, cool. If you're crying into your Christmas dinner because you're that heavy, well, that's your own fault, and you should have done something more sensible, and you should have just literally manned up and gone through the process how you're supposed to. Um, You need just a touch of, like, real life when it comes to this post-show period. And, like, I know that Steve at the moment at Revive Stronger is feeling a little bit of pressure when he's coming out of a gaining phase and sort of struggling to get his body weight up, you know, I, I look at Steve and I, I, I think, in my opinion, and, and I'll happily share this in the podcast, I think he should stop sharing his scale weight on um, Instagram stories and he should just focus on just doing it for himself and not having to have this like daily accountability tool of sharing his scale weight because I think that puts too much pressure on him. Like, yeah. if, he, if, if, if he finds it hard to gain... He needs time on his own to accept that it's hard to gain and try and do it for himself because I think the accountability of of Instagram is superb, but sometimes you just need time alone to focus on what you're doing and your process. Like, this is the entire reason why I don't share my current macros 
And yeah. I, and over the past five weeks, I don't think I've taken one image of my scale weight because no. I I just don't think that it's worth sharing with my with 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 my people because I don't I don't I don't think that they need to know the weight of that. They need to know how I'm looking, which is why I usually share one of my progress photos from the morning, mm. um, because that's that's who I am at the moment. I'm a bodybuilder, and then mm. in the off season, I think what I'll the only things I'll focus on sharing is how my lifts are improving. So, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's different things, isn't it, that you've got to be focused on. It's like this morning I was just in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and Scott even said to me, "What's your weight doing at the minute?" And I said, "I don't know. I haven't weighed myself yet." But why? And he said, because your hamstrings are looking really tight. Now, the thing is, is that I've put on weight and yet I look so much better. And I said, oh, well, that's all right then. And automatically, mentally, I was just like, oh, I couldn't give a shit what the weight or what the scale weight says now, because Scott's noticed that I'm actually looking better. I'm looking fuller. I'm looking healthier, you know, and that's the aim of the game. This is why I take my progress pictures before I weigh in. And this is what I think every single physique athlete should do. Every single physique athlete should get up, do their progress images, and then weigh after. And after you've analysed them as well. Yeah. You need to analyse them, you need to take them. Like, I I will be doing more preps in the future, I think, with less focus on the scale, like way less focus. I think Definitely. For the first, I think as I as I get away like a good month into my off season. I'll probably only weigh once a week under the same variables. Yeah. Um, I fuck weighing in every day. Like, you just don't need to. You yeah. really, really don't need to. When you're dieting down, it's a great tool. Yes, I really do believe that. I still believe that. But I don't believe that, one, it's a great tool towards the end. I don't think so. I no. think the only thing that it shows towards the end is whether you've been for a shit or not. Yeah, <laughs> and how full your glycogen stores are. That's a, that's literally it. That's literally all I think it shows. And I I don't care about that. Um, mm. and you know you need to have a, a, an eye on it, of course. But your weight, your fundamental weight, should always be on how you look. Sure. How do you look? That is what's going on stage. Mm. You know, you could be a pound up in glycogen look better look tighter and then you could say to yourself oh shit oh, gain a pound like i probably need to drop food yeah probably need, i probably need to drop food at this point and you probably don't because you'll flatten out over the next few days of hard training your scale weight will probably drop anyway without you having to drop food like yeah just like scale weight for me at the moment is just something i just bear very minimal relevance to um, yeah and i think more physique athletes should do that um, but anyway, definitely. anyway, we 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 we've gone on for a while here, haven't we? We so, have, um, yeah, definitely. Well, so let's wrap it, it up good. then. Yeah, it has been good. So get ready, guys, to take the screenshot of us um, oh, yeah. for the socials. Oh yeah, never forget that. Never forget that. Ready, one, two, three. And there you are. Well done. So that is another episode all wrapped up. So I think we've, we're going to manage to get one more um, together, aren't we? Four. Potentially, Vic, but. I'm probably going to have to admit defeat on that one because ah, I I don't think I'll be able to do my, I might be able to do Wednesday but to be honest it's probably going to just going to be a packed day for me yeah yeah I, I've got I've got so much I've got so much stuff to sort 
with regards okay. to packing and everything. And I leave Thursday. Uh, okay. Doing doing one Monday or Tuesday will be pretty similar to the one that we just done because it's, it's in like two or three days time. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, what I'll probably do then is that I might have a little bit of a catch up with you anyway, which I do, you know, daily and weekly anyway. Yeah. And then um, if anybody's got any questions that you want me to ask AJ or you want me to cover or anything like that, I'll do um, like a mini M&M update for 15 oh, minutes or something. Um, so then at least then we've still got um, a podcast. Yeah, we've still got an episode that goes out and I'm obviously, you know, keeping up with my boy and with the listeners. And so if yeah. you've got any questions, guys, obviously just send them to me again. Don't bother AJ. I have um, just to obviously just finish up quickly. Um, I have received all of your messages that you have sent over in regards to questions after um, AJ finishes off the worlds and I've got them all written down so we can obviously do these Q&As after AJ comes back so keep those questions coming in and we're just going to compile them and keep on answering them in regards to off seasons or any other questions that you may have we'll probably do a whole episode on a Q&A as well if we just if we just gather a big bulk load yeah, um, yeah. and then we can do like a, a more more of a segment on a Q&A that would be pretty cool yeah I like, definitely. I like those um, yeah definitely good alright then so other than that, lots of love, safe trip, guys. Mm -hmm. Speak to you all next week. It will just be the M update <laughs> with a side order of the big M update. Mm -hmm. All right. Take care, guys. Lots of love, guys. Cheers.